Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook with Brent Pasqua, Matthew Thiel, and Joshua Winterswijk from RPA Wealth Management. In this podcast, we cover current events, retirement planning strategies, and provide you with the tools to help you build a successful retirement playbook in any political or financial landscape. Join Brent, Matthew, and Joshua as they navigate the issues that can make the later stages of your retirement plan challenging and help you create the best retirement plan playbook. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook. I'm your host, Brent Pasqua. Today, we're joined by our regular co-hosts, Matthew Thiel and Joshua Winterswijk, and we're here to discuss the year that was 2022. Yeah, hey, Brent. Thanks for having us on. Happy to be here. So, Brent, um, I'm, I'm going to kick us off with our warm-up today. It sounds like we have an exciting move um, as a company. Why don't you tell the listeners about that? Yeah, we're excited to announce that we are actually moving our office from Rancho Cucamonga to Claremont. Uh, we're actually moving down into the village of downtown Claremont. And we have been really wanting and planning to move since really pre-pandemic. And But we were really just waiting for the right opportunity. And uh, this came on the market and we jumped all over it. So we're excited to really have more of a spacious workspace. And I think it really gives us an opportunity to serve our clients better and to continue to grow our company. But I mean, a couple of the other really big benefits though is Josh, it's actually closer to your house. So your drive is much shorter. Yeah, my drive is shorter. I'm very excited. I've always loved the Claremont area. It's kind of one of the reasons why we moved to kind of the area that we're at now. So the the location of the business is moving, my drive shortening, and I'm going to love being in Claremont. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. A little shorter commute for me as well. But also, you know, just the vibe down there in the Claremont Village. Great food, great small businesses, you know, lots, a lot more financial insurance, accounting firms. I, I think it fits better than, you know, being down here in Rancho Cucamonga. Um, this area has become kind of a hub for warehouses and, and drop shipping. And, you know, it's really not that professional down here. You said a little bit of a shorter drive. You live in Pasadena, so Pasadena to Claremont is much shorter than going to all the way to Rancho. Yeah, it's going to save 20 minutes, but it's going to actually save more time for you than it is for me. Well, yeah, absolutely. So that's good. And then Brent, you're going to have a commute. Yes. Now I'm moving the f- furthest away, so I, I'll have a commute similar to what Josh, you had. Yeah. But yeah. I'm okay with it because being in the village is very lively. There's a lot of really good restaurants down there. There's a lot of really good boutiques and shops. I like that people can now see us and we have more space. We've been a little bit crammed for a a while now. And so we're ready. I think this is an exciting move and something we've wanted for a long time. Yeah, me too. January 3rd. Can't get here soon enough. All right. So let's get into the headlines. According to Adobe Analytics reported last Thursday, Online sales for Black Friday in the United States hit a record of $9 billion this year, which is actually an increase of 21.6 from last year's figure of $7.4 billion. Really, the majority of sales, though, have came from mobile devices, which is an increase of 53% mobile spending compared to last year. Additionally, Adobe reported that Cyber Monday is expected to re- break all records this year, with online sales forecasted to reach $10.8 billion. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah, it is pretty incredible. And, you know, we've been sitting here all year and we've been talking about this recession that's supposedly coming. 
Uh, but then you see numbers like this, the consumer's still strong, spending money, you know, record Black Friday sales, record Cyber Monday sales. Like you just scratch your head of just how weird this economy is right now. Demand is just, that's my first thought is demand is still so high in this data, you know, really proves that. My other thought with this headline too is, wow, that's a lot of people who buy stuff on their phones. 53% of all purchases were purchased from a mobile device. That's actually how my wife does her shopping. I don't I don't like it. I'm a computer guy. Me too. Uh, but she's on there filling her cart and then she checks out on her phone. So yeah. really when they're saying mobile device, they're not saying computer, laptop, phone all linked limped, lumped into one. It's talking about like purely just people ordering on their phone. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it's a lot. The majority then of purchases online. Yeah, because then if you're adding computer and laptops, and then mobile phones, like how much is done on online shopping now? Yeah, I, mean, I would imagine that number just keeps going up and it's been going up for the last few years. That's not good for retail stores and brick and mortars. No, not at all. I haven't bought anything brick and mortar in a long time. It's just so much more convenient. It. Yeah. it is. You can order it from your phone. It gets delivered to you in two days or whatever. And you're off and running. What's not convenient is returns. But that's a story for another day. Yeah, that is. You're right. I hate returning stuff. Yeah, but even if you buy something in a store and you have to return it, I mean, it's the same problem. That's true. Um, but what it does avoid is having to go park at a mall or park at a store and deal with a bunch of during the holiday season. traffic. Yeah. yeah. Getting a fight in the parking lot. But wow. Wow. Record numbers. Yeah. So the this downturn hasn't hit the economy all that bad so far. Especially for retail shoppers, it has not. Another big story, Robinhood's new retirement product. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. They're now planning to match 1% of consumer contributions. The product, which is expected to be released early next year, is designed to increase access to retirement savings will be available for both traditional and Roth IRA contributions. It will also offer free financial planning tools and guidance to help customers make the most of their retirement savings. I think this is probably kind of a launch of the lack of retirement savings that has really been happening across the board in America and kind of gives a little bit more incentive for people to make contributions. But how is Robinhood able to match 1%? And is this them just trying to get accounts opened at their platform? Yeah, I think it's more just trying to get accounts open at the platform, kind of like similar to how banks say like, oh, if you open a you know, checking account deposit $1,000, we'll give you 100 bucks. Kind of similar here. Um, what's interesting, though, is if you deposit the max contribution, the $6,500 max contribution, uh, they don't match it. So the matching is based off of you being under the contribution limit because technically, you know, IRS rules dictate you can't go over that. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's capped at $60. That would make sense. I think it is. I think the cap is $60. W what's 1% of 6000 $60. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, and you have to keep it in there for five years. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think it's gimmicky, but, you know, it's good. It's good for people to start saving for retirement. Absolutely. I'm going to go the different direction. I don't like this. Robinhood has been a trading platform, a very easy trading platform, and now they're enticing people to open up retirement accounts where they still have that mentality. So, yes, they might be opening up financial planning. They're only offering 60 bucks, which that's nice, but... You know, what's the 60 bucks if we're going to just be day trading or buying and selling with no strategy? You could lose that 60 bucks 
very, very quickly in the market if you don't know what you're doing. I just I just don't know if I like this direction from the type of product that Robinhood and the reputation that they have. I agree. I think it creates the wrong fundamentals of investing and it creates a long-term issue with people who are going to be investing that way. I don't think that way provides a successful outcome for somebody's retirement. No, I, I don't either. So I have a little bit of an issue with Robin Hood doing this. Yeah, but Robin Hood has been in the news and has been a major problem for the last three years, and I think that probably continues. Yeah, they're just gimmicky. Very. All right, let's get into the retirement planning corner. 2022 was actually a year of highs and lows, both in the financial market and in the world. Today we're going to talk about a list of different items that have been challenging the market this year. Some of those things are high inflation, and really the highest inflation in four decades, double-digit losses to this point in both stock and bonds this year, the Federal Reserve officially and publicly rooting for the stock market to fall, interest rates raise, rising rapidly, we obviously have the war in Ukraine, continued lockdowns in China, record high gas prices, slowdown in the housing market, and then now we have these Ponzi schemes in the crypto market with a bunch of crashes. Let's talk about those and let's start with the most important one or the first one that we've been talking about all year and that's inflation. Yeah, so inflation has been pretty bad. We all know that, we see that. And what that is, is prices are increasing, right? And we have record high gas prices, record high food prices. And the driver has that of that, a lot of people say has been that monetary easing that we saw the record low interest rates and handing out stimulus checks from 2020 to 2021 and the, pretty much the creation of money out of thin air, giving it to consumers. But we also have the supply chains, right? So post-COVID, supply chains were, were shut off and then they restarted so fast it just drove up the price of goods. But the real kicker here that I still don't hear get talked about enough by most people is the biggest problem to inflation today is wage growth. Um, if people are going out, white collar workers are, and they're searching for a new job and they're getting their salaries doubled, that's a problem. Um, if minimum wage is doubling, that's a problem. That leads to inflation. That's what we're seeing today. And that's why the Federal Reserve is, like you said, trying to kind of break the economy, break the stock market. They want things to come down. Wage growth is expanding the money supply when we're trying to contract it. Yeah, exactly. So where do we see inflation going next year? And is this going to be a continued problems into Q1 and Q2 of next year? Well, we're seeing housing inflation come in from apartment.com rents to, you know, housing prices in general. So that should lower a big component of what's been driving CPI. But the probably the biggest story for next year is, you know, it's really hard to tell what's going on in China, especially as an American. Our news is very, very biased. But that said, it does sound like as of today, as of recording, China is ready to do get rid of COVID lockdowns and the strict measures. If they bring their economy fully back online, that's going to be highly inflationary. So now we're going to be fighting another battle for the price of goods. I know inflation is bad with the amount of emails and uh, messages I've received regarding increased costs, just in software and, and things that pertain to our business. I've seen nothing going into this year except for everybody's increasing their cost. And, and that's not good. It's not, but they better be careful because, you know, we're going through as a business, going through our software list and literally looking at who we can cut. And, you know, we cut a couple of products last week. I'd imagine we cut a few more who try and raise prices on. There's just, 
no room for it in this economy. But you've also seen some of these bigger companies that are probably forecasting for potential recession, like Apple, who didn't raise prices, right? In a time that they probably could. We just talked about how high demand is, and we've seen a couple other examples of companies that aren't increasing their costs or actually decreasing their costs going forward into this new year. So I think you're right, Matt. Like your comment of be careful because this could be disastrous also on the other side for the businesses out there. And as a result of this inflation, I mean, we've seen now double-digit losses in both stocks and bonds. And we've really had double-digit losses in stocks and bonds since probably April, maybe May. I mean, this has been most of the year that we've been down pretty significantly. I mean, we've had some of the worst years ever historically, both with bonds and stocks, and both happening in the same year. Can you talk a little bit about, Josh, about the impact that this is having on investors? Yeah, they've both had significant losses in 2022. The S&P 500 at the time of the recordings down still over 15%. We have bonds still down about 13%. So in our portfolios, we're, we're seeing that effect, right? We're seeing the values decrease. That was in, you know, big part of this is because of inflation, like we just talked about, like Matt mentioned, and as well as other factors that are going on, we still have the conflict in Ukraine. We also talked about the lockdowns in China that's also affecting both stocks and bonds. And this has just put so much pressure on the global economy and we're seeing it in our portfolios now. So it's just been a very difficult year um, and we can quantify that. Yeah, you know, I'm shocked it's not worse. Honestly, we probably should have the market down 35, 30% at one point this year. Um, I think the the drop was 25 or 27, which is close, but we probably should have had equity drop markets drop a lot more with how aggressive the Fed has been. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm honestly shocked it wasn't worse. So that's good. But, you know, there's a, you know, a lot of problems, but there are some good things co- coming down the road. The, the best news is we're going into the third term of a, the president cycle which is historically the best for stock returns. Right. So hopefully we see a rebound next year. But, you know, if this, if the recession calls that everyone's making, if those are right, you know, we're probably looking at another year, probably poor stock returns next year. But we also see through recessionary periods that the market starts to recover well before the recession's ever over. That's true. So, you know, how long is the recession one? And do we see recovery in the markets well before the recession is, you know, even close to being over? One of the things that's, obviously going to impact the market going into next year and tremendously impact the market this year is, you know, that the federal reserve has been publicly rooting for the stock market to fall. And we have a strong sense that the market's probably not going to recover till the fed stop raising rates or really get a handle on this. Tell us a little bit more about why the fed is rooting for this to fail. Yeah, it's kind of wild, right? There, every time the stock market went up this year, anything about a 5% rally, a Fed official would go on CNBC, go to the Wall Street Journal, go to Financial Times, give some kind of interview or speech, and basically knock the stock market down. Pretty wild. Um, but what they're doing right, is they're raising rates to manage inflation and hope, hopefully knock growth down a little bit so the economy can sustainably grow. Basically, what's happening is we overheated. There was way too much money given away by the Biden administration, and you, you can't do that. You can't give people money to do nothing. It led to all sorts of wild speculation, right? We saw the crypto markets. We've been covering that here. You also saw that in the stock market with you know shares like the ARK fund that Kathy Wood has. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, the Tesla stock and all those SaaS companies that were selling at 100 times sales. Like, 
you know, we kind of just went through our own little dot-com bubble here. And the Fed's, you know, slamming the brakes on that. It's taking the punch and essentially pulling away the drugs from the drug addict, which is the economy. We had that theme of being overvalued was around for like a whole year. Like the writing was on the wall. We saw all of these companies overvalued. We're just finally seeing the repercussions of those actions. Yeah. And the good news is with with what the Federal Reserve is doing is they're kind of, you know, sucking out the excess, right? I mean, look how many frauds have been discovered this year. I know we'll talk about those later, but that's good. Uh, We want that. We don't want frauds. We don't want people, you know, susceptible to losing money all the time. Getting rid of the froth from, from the beer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, one of the biggest impacts the feds are having are on interest rates. And we've seen in 2022 a tremendous increase in rates going up several times throughout the year. There's obviously a lot of impact to everybody when rates go up, both good and sometimes mostly bad. Can you explain a little bit about the impact of this to investors and to home buyers? Yeah, and, and for individuals and for businesses, when interest rates go up, it's, it's bad for anyone trying to acquire goods and services and property and assets when they're using any sort of leverage or financing, right? You know, we see mortgage rates now go from 2.5% to 6.5%. It's cost more to buy that same home. It costs more to buy cars out there. So, you know, this is really affecting the consumer's pocketbook because it's more expensive now with interest rates going up. This is also the case for businesses, right? Businesses use a lot of leverage and a lot of financing to promote growth um, within their companies. So they're filling it too, and it's creating a downward effect on the growth, not only in, you know, households, but also businesses in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, rising rates is going to kill demand. Um, and here's a personal example. You know, this week I was looking at the price of a Tesla Model Y. And one thing Tesla has done is they've actually discounted those cars. So if you were to buy a Tesla Model Y today, you could get it for twenty-five dollars to $3,000 off what the price says online, um, which is the first time I believe they've ever offered discounts on their car. But then you go the, you, you work your way through the website. You're like, hey, this is a pretty good deal. They're offering discounts. You start punching in all the figures. You're calculating out your payment. And then you look at the rate. It's 5.5%. That's a really, really high interest rate. And it's taking that car payment up three or $400 from where it was at the start of the year. And especially because rates were basically zero. Right. I mean, you could go get a car loan for 2%. And a lot of times promo rates for zero for 60 months. Yeah, so it's a that's, big difference. It's absolutely going to crush demand on high-end cars like Tesla's, but also used cars as well. And then I talked to a realtor today. They have all the time because no one's buying houses. You're also seeing just a good point there with used cars. Used cars were absolutely outrageous. The demand for them, the price of used cars, and now that has almost plummeted or fell off a cliff. You're starting to see used car lots now fill back up with inventory, um, and those car dealers are now going to be calling you back. Yeah, and banks are now look. You're looking at six to eight to nine percent for a used car loan rate right now. Yeah, it, it's crazy. That's going to kill demand. On the other side of that, though, I want to talk about interest rates because it doesn't just affect. It affects everyone that's borrowing money, right? We talked about businesses and individual households, but also if you're a saver, right? Interest rates going up is good. It's a good thing because you're actually getting a higher yield on your savings accounts. You're getting higher yields on CDs. And I know we've talked about U.S. treasuries and bond ladders on this podcast, and that's going to effectively give you a higher yield and making, you know, you make more money. Yeah, you know, I looked up, rates for just before we move on for a 30-year mortgage 
and it was at 6.95 this week. I mean, that that how does anybody even buy a house now? Well, what has to happen is prices have to come down. It yeah. just hasn't met, right? We haven't really seen that data with prices of homes falling off a cliff or adjusting by 20% to offset that mortgage cost, but I'd imagine that's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, either, you know, home prices need to fall by 20, 25% or no one's going to buy a home for three or four years and we're just going to wait for everything to kind of quote unquote catch up, right? right. Normalize. Yeah. Well, this year hasn't been without its challenges uh, globally. The war in Ukraine has continued and there's been multiple lockdowns in China. We also saw record high gas prices and now starting to see a slowdown in the housing market. Can we talk a little bit about these events and really how they impact investors? Yeah, so I think the biggest one that really started to get people unnerved is record high gas prices, right? Because, you know, you go, you fill up your car, it was costing you $35, $40. Now it's costing you 70 to 80 You know, it's doubling the price. And, and that's just taking money directly out of... Your, your pocketbook. And if you're making an hourly rate wage or your salary is that, not that low, then you have to make a spending decision. Um, it's either fill up your car or go out to dinner. And that really imp- impacts people from a psychological standpoint. And, and then when we look at China, when t- with China not operating at full capacity, it's difficult to get more goods in. For instance, um, even though demand's not that high, the new iPhone is still really hard to get because they're just not being produced at the amount that they should be from the the semi plant Foxconn in China. So it's just kind of been this whirlwind of misalignment and I, I guess you could say just a pretty poor economy. And I don't think the global challenges are covered as much, right? We have so many of them out there. And I think that a little bit of home bias, especially in like our local media and kind of just the news. So we kind of can easily lose sight of all of these global challenges that are going on that are restricting our economy today and here. And I have a theory though, Matt, to go back to gas prices real quick. Do you think also, because it's such a hot topic with Americans, but do you think when we're driving down the road and we see like the gas prices in 120 size font, that that's the reason why it triggers as well. Cause you're just always being reminded of the gas prices as you go out driving or wherever you're going. Yeah, I, I think so too. And then also, you know, as Americans, we're known for not driving the most fuel efficient cars. You know, I'm sure every family has an SUV that costs over that costed over a hundred dollars to fill up this summer. I eventually need to get a Tesla. I dislike going to the gas station so much. <laughs> well, me too. It's disgusting. It's dirty. <laughs> yeah, it, it's bad. Well, they need to lower the interest rates or lower the price on Tesla because those payments are just way too expensive. Yeah. And it's expensive. There's no like, you know, what happiness do you get from filling up your tank? You just have to go because you have to. And then when you leave there, you're like, man, that was expensive. Gas prices are high. And what satisfaction did I get? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know you're going to have to do it again in a week. <laughs> yeah, anyway. exactly. I, I mean, I guess the golden question to global challenges is, do we think that this is going to get any better next year? Honestly, no. It's probably going to get worse. The U.S. will recover and get better before anywhere in the globe. It's so kind of, you know, is what it is. Be thankful that we live in the best, strongest country in the world. One of the things that we've talked about going into this year when the market did start to fall is that 
a lot of times there's somebody that's going to get hurt. A company's going to go under, an industry's going to go under. Somebody's going to come out of this on the other side, and they're not going to be taking the better end of it. This year was about financial scandals and crashes. And now looking back, the writing was on the wall. Uh, with several high-profile Ponzi schemes and other fraudulent activity making headlines, let's talk a little bit about some of those scandals and what they were. And these scandals are real, right? There are American people, I mean, people all over the world that took their hard-earned money and invested in these companies or currencies or type of investments, and they're at risk to potentially losing all of that. These financial scandals can hurt people directly, indirectly as well. If your company was tied to one of these companies, you could potentially lose your job. So in just so many ways, this is can can affect, you know, not only the consumer, but the worker. And it's just really, really sad to see. But those for, you know, who are affected directly by these scams, like I said, I mean, it can be devastating. And the 2022 scandals, we had plenty of them in the news. If you were watching FTX is the biggest one. Um, I think just from a publicity standpoint, BlockFi, Three Arrows, LunaCoin, and the list goes on. Um, and again, it's just really sad to see. Yeah. When you look back on the period of 2021 to 2022, it's kind of like the millennial version of what the baby boomers went through in 2000, 2001, 2002. Most people probably don't remember Enron, but Enron is FTX. There was also WorldCom at that point, which was another famous accounting scandal where, you know, it turned out the whole company was basically a Fugazi. Um, but these were once billion dollar enterprises that people, you know, owned stock in and worked for. And now they cease to exist. So I, I just find the parallels between that period and this period pretty much online. And that's another reason why I think we should head into next year and not be cautious. Right. Because it took a while to get out of that bear market. And that might be what we're seeing again. So I guess this year was not without its challenges, not the best year in terms of the economy and the market that we've seen in the last five years, six years, seven years. Uh, but it also wasn't as bad as 2008 or 2009. And as we kind of round out this year, the hope is, you know, we get a nice rally throughout December. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen, but that would be wishful thinking. And that could lead us to opportunities to go into next year. But as of right now, sort of staying the course, rebalancing, following proper fundamentals in the portfolio uh, seem to really make the most sense as we start to look at next year. And I think the silver lining is that it, it could have been a lot worse. And Matt mentioned that earlier in the podcast. All right. So as we get into the end of the year, we one of our favorite things to do is our holiday gift guide. We're going to talk a little bit about the gifts that we would either be giving or receiving, things that we're our wives like and what they recommended and what we're recommending. Matthew, what are you? Uh, what's on your gift guide for you and your wife? Yeah, I'll start off with uh, my gift. So the one thing I've had my eye on is this uh, Travis Matthews cloud hoodie. I think they have Chris Pratt who does the commercials for these. And I was, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, it's a good commercial. But I went on their website. It's like their bestseller. So, and I was, I was reading the reviews. I'm like, wow, people really love this hoodie. You know, you can wear it on the golf course. You can wear it around the house. You can wear it to the grocery store. I was like, yeah, I'm going to put that on my list. And it's, it's not a cheap hoodie either. Right? I mean, you'd think a hoodie's you know, $50, $60, This is a $135 hoodie. So I'm like, wow, it must be really nice. You always have the nicest sweater, so this doesn't surprise me. But I also think that Jimmy G is sponsored by Travis Matthews, 49ers quarterback. You, yeah. you like him, right? Yeah, he's my guy. Okay. Yeah, and I think he wears them too. Oh, nice. So anyway, the cloud right hoodie. up your alley. So yeah. is, this, is this a golf 
hoodie or is this around the house hoodie? Because one hundred and fifty dollars around the house hoodie sounds expensive. I think it's both. Let's not get judgy. There's a lot of inflation. <laughs> and then for Haley, my wife, her um, Christmas gift that she already has, but she is recommending it, is the Breville Nespresso machine. So this thing will make you an espresso, make you a latte, make you a cappuccino. She purchased it on Black Friday and is really, really happy with it. I think she's using it multiple times a day. So, Are you using it? I have used it a few times on the weekend, but not during the week. I'm obviously here stuck with you guys during the week. I don't want to have a coffee when I get home late at night. You were pretty positive about this new machine coming into the office, like after you used it. Yeah, well, it makes her really happy. Um, she's uh, pregnant right now, so she can't really drink coffee, but she could you know, stand a little shot of espresso mixed with warm milk, milk or almond milk. So I don't know if the listeners knew that, though, so congratulations. Thanks. So it's really helping her and, you know, giving her some energy while she continues to work. I make her work. That's neat. That is really neat. Hey, we're excited for you. Thanks. And I'm excited to hear about this cloud hoodie. Yeah, if I, if I get it, you know, I, uh, we'll see. You'll let me uh, touch it? I'll let you know soft. Santa brings it for me. I wanted to recommend a gift that both I, would, I like, I use, and then one that you could also gift to somebody else if you wanted to, if it could be used for yourself or your wife or whatever. Uh, I'm going to recommend a Beautyrest plush electric blanket. I'm a big heated blanket guy. I even have one here at the office because the office half the time is freezing in different offices. My office stays really cold. On cold days, not going to lie, I plug that thing in and I'm more comfortable that way. I think it's a great thing for people who like to be at their house with the air on, house is cold or the windows open, but also warm under a blanket. I'm a big heated blanket guy. We know. I can, I can vouch for you. You use that heated blanket. So anyone looking for like a kind of a, a review or seal of approval on this recommendation, I'll be the one because I see Brent use that thing all the time. And my wife told me that the heated blanket I have in the office right now is not going to the new office. Really? Yeah. She said that thing's going in the trash. Like, so you're getting a new one. It, I'm hoping to now get a beauty rest plush. I'm excited for you because you do use that thing. Yeah. That's your favorite thing. Yeah. And then my wife recommended uh, uh Gamro ultrasonic jewelry cleaner. I think that's actually probably something that's pretty cool. A lot of people will use, I mean, the jewelry gets dirty pretty fast, especially with sanitizer now and washing your hands. Like, I mean, not that we didn't wash our hands before, but now you, everywhere you go, you're always washing your hands. So my uh, wife has one and she uses it pretty frequently. I'll even throw like my ring in there and it works great. I don't know if it's the same one as yours, but like that's a product that we use at our house. I see her like, you know, go clean her jeweler and she likes that thing. You guys have both sold me. I'm going to go purchase this for uh, Haley. Sounds like a good gift. And I don't like my rings actually dirty either. So I, I will throw mine in there yeah. also when she does hers. I mean, because I, I like it to actually be shiny and soap just destroys stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Did I pronounce the, the, the brand name of that correctly? Oh, I have no clue. Okay. But uh, I'm not we'll, sure. We'll, 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 we'll put a link in the, <laughs> put the a link notes. in the show notes. And Josh, what do you have for us? Yeah, I'll actually go with my wife's recommendation first. She had a, a really nice gift. Um, I think she actually got this one time too before, but she's recommending a first aid kit. So, you know, you might not have a, like a dedicated first aid kit and they have like these really cool boxes now that are either like they look hipster or stylish and to have all of your like maybe even just basic meds or 
band-aids and just kind of a, a kit even if someone comes over and cuts their finger on accident or whatever so um, that's what she's recommending this year i think that's the nurse in her as well <laughs> um, recommending that and then i'm going to recommend a golf lesson so if you have that loved one who's either interested in golf or is already playing golf you can go to they have a bunch of different spots that you can actually purchase a golf lesson golf tech um, is a company, but I know a lot of the country clubs or courses actually have a pro that you can purchase this from. But a cool thing to either get started or refine a game and go out there and work on the swing. Is that what you want? I didn't really think of it that way, but I wanted to go with something that I've been, you know, last couple of years we've been talking about golf. I also think like a round of golf is good too. Like who doesn't want to like be gifted a round of golf? Like that's awesome. I think that's a really good gift idea that you recommend because it's something I don't see you actually paying for, but something that you would really actually like to do. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. That's a good gift. It's a good idea. But, uh, work on that swing. Yeah. That's something I'd really need to do. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we just all get each other again, like golf lessons. All right. So 2022 again was tough, but you know what? There's greater opportunities heading into next year. But if you are feeling overwhelmed or unsure about how to navigate these volatile markets, we encourage you to reach out to us at RPA Wealth Management. Our team of experienced financial advisors are here to help you plan for your retirement and make the most of your savings and investments. Really, I think don't let the, plan, the challenges of 2022 derail you from your retirement plans. Contact today and let us help you get back on track. And as always, thank you for being a dedicated listener to the Retirement Plan Playbook. Yeah. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing everyone or having our listeners back in 2023 uh, from our Claremont office. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Plan Playbook. Click the following button to be notified when new episodes become available. To get in touch with our team, call us at 909-296-7977 or visit our website at www.rpawealth.com to schedule a complimentary consultation. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RPA Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.